Are you between a rock and a hard place? Are you not sure if you're a sinner or a saint? Do you think you've lost your salvation? Let me take you to the New King James Version. In the book of Matthew, chapter 18, verses 12 through 14, and Jesus says, What do you think if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray? Does he not leave the ninety-nine and go to the mountains to seek the one that is strained? And if he should find it, assuredly, I say to you, he rejoices more over that sheep than over the 99 that did not go astray. Welcome to Save the Lost at All Costs. Hosted by Save the Lost at All Costs, Inc. Featuring your sister in Christ and humble servant of the Lord, Nina S. Griffin. Good afternoon. You're listening to Sister Nina S. Griffin, and we are on Save the Lost at All Costs. We're going to open up the phone lines right away. If you are local, you will dial 702-650-5588. Again, if you are local, you will dial 702-650-5588. If you're calling outside the Las Vegas area, we do have a toll-free number for you, and that toll-free number is 800-366-8883. Again, that's 800-366-8883. Now, we are being streamed live also from KKVV's website, and their web address is www.kkvv.com. Hello and God bless. Everybody's waving to you. There's me, there's Pastor Terry in the middle, and that's Minister Chaplain Rachel across from me. So uh, we're also being streamed live from uh, KK, excuse me, Save the Loss at All Costs' website. And our web address is www.savethelosslv.org. If you have missed any of our previous broadcasts, I really strongly encourage you to go to our website, www.savethelosslv.org. Select the date that you'd like to listen to. Um, there is is a banner where you can uh, click on to uh, weekly archive radio uh, broadcast. Just click on to that. All the dates will uh, appear as the Spirit leads you. Uh, The thing is, the gospel is free on our watch. Also, there is a this plethora of resources there, local resources, uh, Bible study resources, uh, health, wellness, recovery uh, resources, educational resources. You know, I spent a lot of time putting this all together, and it's just one touch as the Spirit leads you, but there's a lot of stuff you can hang out on the website for a very long time and get blessed and, and tell other people about it. Uh, it's really important that uh, we keep our, our, our sword sharp. Right, Pastor? Amen. And uh, Sister Rachel? Amen. Now, if you have a cell phone, and most of us do, uh, KKVV has afforded an opportunity where you can listen to them. That is 1060 AM or 100.1 FM by simply dialing this number. And that cell number is 605-313-0630. Again, 605-313-0630. It only works in the United States, but you can listen to KKVV anytime. You can actually listen to Save the Lost at All Costs right now. I strongly encourage you to make it one of your phone contacts and get rid of some of those other ones you have. Amen. Amen. Uh, in, in addition to that, if you have an Apple device, we are also being archived on iTunes for free. I'm telling you, the gospel is free on our watch. And if anybody's trying to sell the gospel, I would run, okay? Hmm. I would not walk away from them. I would run from them. Right, Amen. Pastor? Absolutely. Right, Sister? Amen. All right. So we are blessed today. Uh, 
Rachel and I started out together uh, on another radio station, and uh, the Lord led us over here. So, uh, you know, that's my homie in Christ. Amen. You know, uh, that's my triple OG in Christ. Uh, we've been doing this in this town for a long time, and, and I love her. I love everything about her. And uh, she's going to talk to us uh, about a powerful testimony. And, Pastor, you can uh, attest to a testimony, correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. And then the center Always up to hear something encouraging. Amen. And this is uh, my dear pastor. uh, That would be Pastor Terry to me. Some people say Pastor Joe. Some say Pastor T. But, you know, he always is due great honor, great respect. So he's always Pastor Terry to me. Pastor, I can't even call you by your first name. I would start stuttering. That that (laughs) will not uh, compute for me. You know, I I just can't do that, you know, because I I have uh, uh, you in great, you know, high esteem for what you do. You know, because uh, I know it's not easy and you have given me so many gifts and your lovely wife and your lovely children and grandchildren, you know, your sister, you have extended family and friends and just testimony after testimony. uh, There's just no way that you could be your first name to me. Well, you know, I always tell people that uh, you can call me anything. Just don't call me late for supper. (laughs) Amen. Amen. So, um. I'll get into the Greek word a little later, but I just wanted to bless you uh, this Sunday with testimonies. Amen. And Amen. Uh, my sister over here has a powerful, powerful testimony. And, uh, Pastor, I know you do too. And I hope that I can save yours until next Sunday because people Amen. need to know. Amen what the Lord is doing and that we take no credit for this testimony at all. Mm -hmm. But I would like you to look at the word testimony Mm -hmm. and the first uh, four letters indicates there's a test. Right. Right. So you can have no testimony without a test. Right. So if somebody's telling you about a testimony and they haven't been tested, Mm -hmm. they haven't been tried by fire. They haven't almost been dead and brought back to life then uh, I don't know what kind of testimony it is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because the testimony that the Lord gives you can wake up the dead. Amen. Amen. And the first person that he wakes up that is dead is us. Amen. And if anybody brought you back to life, uh, you just can't contain yourself. That's right. And people know that it's real. And a lot of people uh, will not read the Bible for whatever reason. And that's why we have to have our testimonies. Amen. Amen. And I know that no man can lay claim nor deny one's testimony. And the thing is, is that if we look in Matthew 10, and let me uh, get to scripture here. And uh, this is very, very powerful. And I want us to go to Matthew 10 uh, and verse 33. I'm in the New Testament. And uh, I'm in the New King James Version. So I just want to read that one verse, and the Word of God says this, But whoever denies me before men, him I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. That's the Lord Jesus Christ's testimony. Amen. There's not a man, woman, boy, child qualified to deny him. And definitely can comment on this verse right here. You do better being in quiet 
because there's a lot of folks out there that claim they got a lot of superior knowledge and they got a lot of little letters behind their name and, uh, you know, they are just uh, a straight up truth teller and they want to attempt to tell us or anybody about the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me tell you right here, real slow, stop it. (laughs) Amen, amen. You don't want to go there. You're not qualified. I think he says that if you're going to deny me, I would deny you what in front of his father. Yeah. So, uh, pastor, you a father. Amen. Uh, sister Rachel, you a mother. I'm a mother. I'm a grandmother. Pastor, you a grandfather. And the worst thing you want to do. I'm a grandmother. Hey, that's right. Amen. Yes, you are. I stand, I stand correct. You know, Holy Spirit, have your way in here. Amen. And uh, we can all do with corrections. I appreciate that. I love you, sis. You know, you can do that. You can hit me with that, that lovely little spiritual slap. It's not a problem. Yes. Because you did it in love. You did it in love. It's all good. And uh, we should be able to do that to one another. It's not a problem. The slap was beautiful. I want you to know. It just felt like more love. I goosebumps now, to be honest. It just so. felt like more love. So she didn't hurt me. She just brought something to my remembrance. And I Amen. appreciate that. Thank you. Beautiful. Amen. So, uh, Pastor, I'd like you to comment on that scripture. And uh, then, uh, Sister, I know you got something for us. Amen. Amen. Okay. Well, you know, when you read that, there was something that really struck me. I was listening to a comedian that's really well known and he was saying that he didn't read the Bible and the Bible was written by men and often people make statements or comments out of ignorance Mm -hmm. that really show how unintouched It shows how disconnected they really are. You know. In his his particular instance, that would be arrogance. Because if I understand it correctly, ignorance is because you're unaware of something. So his thing to me, and it's just my opinion, Pastor, Mm -hmm. is that that would just be arrogance. Well, first of all, it it dawned on me because the first thought I had was what you just said. But then the Spirit revealed to me. That if you asked this person what they know about the Bible and if you ask, um, you know, what they know about um, inspiration, because we know that inspiration is really, it's God-breathed mm-hmm. in, in, in our language, but uh, Theo Nustas, he, he wouldn't have a clue what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. I, I just took a test online. Uh, it it asks how well do you know the Bible, and you take a test, and then you're graded. And it was a sliding scale. <laughs> no, no, ma'am. All right. And as a matter of fact, when I finished with the test, I was upset because I missed five of them, and I didn't miss them because I didn't know them. But I was looking at it, and I responded too quickly. And then realize I had, you know, pushed the wrong thing. But it it told me, it says, you must be a Ph.D. Because your knowledge of Scripture is at a certain level. 
and I just thought about it's not going to matter mm-hmm. how educated someone is. Mm-hmm. It's not going to matter how wealthy they are, mm-hmm. where they are on the status ladder. None of that's going to matter on Judgment Day. And people don't get that. They haven't gotten in touch with the reality. He's going to come back. And those very folks who deny him or ignore him, they're going to be the ones begging and screaming and, you know, and, and pleading, please, please. But they had their whole life and they wouldn't receive it. And I thought about the comedian, you know, um, when I sit here and she talk about you sharing your testimony. Now, the, my wife, she talks about you from time to time because she just was overtaken with your testimony, you know, and when people uh, are talking about the subject matter, often she'll mention you. And I didn't even know that she was, you know, that aware of your testimony, but uh, she has mentioned you on a number of occasions when people, you know, when the subject matter come up. But, you know, to stand in a position where, you know, there are those people out there that believe that God sent people to hell. God don't send anybody to hell. People choose to go when they reject Jesus Christ. It's, it's, it's pretty simple. If they have just an inkling, just open up the Bible and read a little bit. Even if they're lost, the spirit is already working or they wouldn't be in it. Mm-hmm. So it, it, when you talk about this verse right here, mm-hmm. this would have to be the most devastating experience mm-hmm. a human could have. Because this right here means that they've been excluded. And you know what? I can't tell you what heaven is like because I haven't been there yet. I, I sure can't tell you what hell is like. I can tell you what the Bible says, but I haven't had that experience. And I, and believe me, I don't want to. I just know if heaven exists, hell must exist. And if those places exist, they exist because somebody's going there. I just don't want it to be me when it comes to hell. Whatever it is, that's not where I want to go. So... This verse right here is a, a very pivotal verse when people are at a position where they got to make a decision and they got to make a decision that makes sense. It don't has to, it, it, it has nothing to do with how intelligent, you know, you are or how smart you are, but it just means that, you know what, you're making a decision to go with God because God, you know, you were saying there's a point in our life where, you know, you say, you have a testimony that testimony is based on a near death experience and and that's true i know when i went into drug rehab almost 33 years ago mm-hmm. that my prayer was god i want to get loaded and i don't want to stop but please give me the desire to want to stop and god had better been real at that time in my life cuz it was either rehab or death for me all right i was that gone amen well uh we have a call and then we're gonna get right into uh my beautiful sister's testimony hello you're on save the loss at all costs and god bless you 
Sloan, guys, just want to say, first of all, Merry oh, Christmas. Oh, well, thank you, beautiful. How are you, Sister oh, Dorothy? Greatly blessed. How God you bless you. God and bless deeply you. loved, and y'all still reigns. And I tuned into you guys. I was about to take a nap, and I said, oh, Sister Nina. But I heard <laughs> Brother Terry saying about he doesn't, y'all doesn't send anybody to hell. And that was just, just like icing on the cake, because that's what I'm calling in to encourage and let all the listeners know that everybody's name is already written in the Lamb's Book of Life. But how it gets removed or blotted out is when they reject the Messiah. And then when they reject him before they leave this earth, they are cast into hell. And they may lose the reward. But if their names are written, when the names are called, then they have redemption. They may lose the reward. But if the names are not there, then they're cast into the lake of fire. Amen. So that should encourage a lot of believers that we don't have to work for our salvation. The names are already written. You just have to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. As the Son of God, and receive what He's done, and that keeps you sanctified until He returns. That's what I want to encourage the believers. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you so much, and know that we love you. Love you guys too. Keep up the good work, and I'm listening in as I doze off. All right, then. Amen. Thank you, beautiful. Amen. All right, All right bye bye. All right, sis. Amen. Let's touch and agree Amen. in the name of Jesus, Amen. Pastor. Amen. Let's Amen. touch and Amen. agree. Amen. Let's touch and agree. Amen. All right, you got the floor. Amen. Uh, I think that's a great scripture to start out with, but I do love where it says Matthew ten thirty two, and it says, "Therefore, anyone who confesses me before men, I will also I will also confess him before my Father who is in heaven." Amen. Then it Amen. says, "But anyone who denies me before men, I will also deny him before my Father who is in heaven." And all I keep thinking about is how much easier it is when we have clout with somebody. Mm-hmm. When somebody goes, "Oh, oh, oh, yeah. Pastor Terry's with me," yeah, or, or yeah, "Oh, yeah, no, I yeah. know Nina because we went yeah. to we worked at so and so." together you know so if you speak it to your father who happens to to have some type of authority Mm -hmm. and can help my baby get out of jail or can save my grandson at some point Mm -hmm. i want you to be able to remember me Uh amen so i am one who in my everyday passion my life desires to 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 profess not just the 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 name of christ but the love of christ to people just like you said with your wife i was so blessed that you know a sorority i spoke to you about this a sorority called me up and wanted to honor me for the work i do with battered women this is a life Style, Amen. But that my name came up at, at a at a meeting like that yeah. uh, of stature of somebody. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? The mm-hmm. least of these. You know I'm. But but I say that to say it's nice to have clout. You know, so it's nice that when people go, no, oh no, her character's good. Right. I've seen her in right. the trenches. Amen. She's one who you can count as a foot right. soldier. She's Amen. one who doesn't dilly dally. You know, I want you to mention something before your father who might be able to help me Amen. with something. Amen. But but I also look at it like what I don't want to do because I just experienced this in in. Uh, March with my, on my own grandson who passed away. What I don't want to feel like is, is, oh, he's in a better place. He's, no, I'm trying to, I'm trying to hurt for my baby. You know what I mean? She's still here and can procreate and have more children. She lost her child. Amen. Mm-hmm. I didn't lose mm-hmm. my child. I, I have not felt that pain. Right, but as right. a mother, but there was nothing I could even say to my own daddy to be able to take that. So I had to begin to change my prayer. God, God, do a new thing in her marriage. Allow for her marriage to cleave like never before. Mm-hmm. It, and my prayers had to be different. This, this, it was like David. Right. You know, he fasted when his son was living, right. but when his son passed away, yeah. he had to dust Amen. himself off. Right. And, and it was if, okay, when he was living, there was still a chance. 
But we have to learn something from this. And if there's anything I've learned, it is that I want anybody who can speak to God Almighty himself Mm -hmm. to to put a word in for me every now and then. To put a word in for my diabetic husband whose insurance can't seem to be right. Put a word in for my eight-year-old who they've diagnosed with mental health disabilities. He had a psychotic break Thursday and nobody can get him no medicine at all. You, You know, put a word in because we have to be ones who who not only truly believe these things, but but we act them out also. God, if you're allowing for CVS, Vesper, Adete, and every other pharmacy, amen, to be able to say, no, we won't fill these until we have this, that, or the other, but the school says he can't come back until he has it, yes. you know, then they say, well, if he misses 10 days, we have to hold him back. Right. Well, you, you now he didn't miss eight right here. This is just within this two weeks, but what about the other 18? We worked on an IEP. We were working on trying to, you know what I mean? Trying mm-hmm. to get the medicines right. And so now you have a, a third grader who just want he wants to go to school join the christmas party too Amen. Amen. and i'm like can you put a word in with a doctor Amen. it didn't happen can you put a word in with the pharmacist but you know what he, there was a word that was put in with, with jesus's father Amen. because i've had the, lad, the best two weeks with my son with no medicine you hear Praise me God. i've Amen. had an eight-year-old playing on a trampoline playing with a pit bull you know being an eight-year-old right. as opposed to one you know eating shirts and doing things that i didn't like the repercussions of anyway right and i said you know what god if, if i got a homeschool he looked at me one day too and he said mom would you homeschool me i said if i gotta homeschool my son because these people don't believe he can go without medicine mm-hmm. could you put a word in for me because i only got amen. to about seventh grade lord amen. but i'm willing amen. i'm willing because i know that all i need is a word mm-hmm. it only takes one person to have favor on you and mm-hmm. favor is everywhere right. and the more that i i have i have learned really almost what America was built on and the favor we had originally mm-hmm. and what how we drifted out of favor with God, man. Mm-hmm. But it was thinking that we needed um, oversight and a whole lot of it that wasn't necessary. Whereas when we took care of our own communities, I'm raising the neighborhood. We've talked sure, about this sure. before. I've driven with you through your neighborhood. Yes. We, we, this was a community block. We didn't, nobody shot each other. We didn't have to worry about people kicking in doors like the Hamptons, you know, Fred Hampton Sr. and assassinating people in their beds. That wasn't the neighborhood I grew up in. If anything, I felt safer in my neighborhood with people who were strapped and people who were willing to put a good word in for me that, that, that as opposed to being in a neighborhood where I even have ADT. You know, or a security system, you know, because nobody's watching that. They think, oh, well, she got ATD. She don't need us. No, I do, because that's just a sign. Camera yeah. ain't been working. Let me just tell you, it works when it wants to. <laughs> you know, but we have to be those kind of neighbors still. Yes. I'm going to put a word in for you. Do do you belong here? Because I've lived on this block for 10 years. You know, same thing in the things of God. You know, there were some things that happened with a couple at the church, and and, and, and it, and it should have been somebody who said to, to, to Jezebel, do you belong here? Mm-hmm. Because last time you came in messing with somebody's husband, we have to be ones who are willing to take a stand for that. Amen. Because they don't mean no good. They don't, you know what I mean? Let Mm -hmm. them be saved somewhere else. But if in our flock, they've already dealt with our people in a certain kind of way. Mm -hmm. The truth of the matter is we, we become responsible. The blood comes on our hands now. Mm -hmm. First time, you know, shame on you. Second time, no, no, no. Uh, We don't carry no shame because there's no condemnation for those that are in Christ. But Mm -hmm. at some point, the old will raise up and you can't just keep coming in here jumping on people's husbands or wives or, you know, and we have to be leaders who see it, who recognize Recognize it, who are not afraid to pull it out. You know, Jesus called out a, a, a demon in church. Mm-hmm. They said, oh, what are you doing here? Oh, no, you know, 
<laughs> you know what I'm doing here. Right. And we can't be afraid of that. What, what, so did, what did Demon even seemed... said, have you come to kill us? Right, right. It's not even our time. Right. right. They were... <laughs> because they, they knew his authority. Amen. See, they didn't question that. They, they knew didn't... who his father was. They, they didn't question his testimony. <laughs> That's right. They knew who he was. That's you understand right. what I'm saying? And they recognized. And, the, and, you know, matter of fact, they were like, it's not time. It's not time yes. yet. Yes. See, because they knew it was already going to happen. Judgment was going to happen. But mm-hmm. they were like, mm-hmm. you know, let me throw up this mulligan. It's not time yet. <laughs> yeah. But th- when you talked about David, uh, Pastor, um, what came to mind was God told David that he was going to take his child. See, he knew where his child was going to be. He laid prostrate. He thought that he could intercess. He thought that maybe he would have a shot at it being changed, but he knew where he was. See, the beautiful thing when you have a father who is in heaven and you have a Lord and Savior who intercesses to the father on your behalf, whatever happens, you accept it. And like you said, your prayers change because there's no question in my mind. And I've seen uh, sickness take over people. You know, I've seen, uh, you know, two addicted brothers, you know, one with the Lord and one here, you know, restored, married, got five children. To God be the glory. Amen. Amen. But the thing is, is that we take solace because when you have a relationship with him, there's no ending. Amen. There's no ending. We're sojourners. We're passing through. We know where our crown of life is. We know where our reward is. And it happens to everybody. And I, and I, but, I, I but we, we got to testify. No, no, you're not cutting me off. I believe that until, until my baby lost her baby. Mm-hmm. And, I, and people say, oh, I dropped my fruit. I don't, I don't know that I even dropped my faith. I just began to go, you know, God, she waited. She waited. She was, she didn't do, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to demonstrate. I wanted to put in word with my father about my daughter. Amen. Mm-hmm. And it, and, and the Lord began to say, this has nothing to do with that. I will perfect everything that concerns you. But again, we're dealing with a, a Bible that is, that, that nothing is new under the sun. Just as much as he'd had to kill the Egyptian firstborn to prove to them some things, mm-hmm. we're dealing about, we're talking about generational. Mm-hmm. You see, you see, my daughter married a coolie. See, these are some other things God was revealing to me, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And, and, and there were situations, even with the Smiths or the, you know, different people and, and God already had said, I, I will, I will curse you unto those that love me I will love unto a thousand generations but those that curse me it'll be four generations mm-hmm. he was already specific and so I say that to say that 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 God is doing something even now we're in a we're we're in, we're in a we're in a break and we have the opportunity to stand up for what we know is right it, you know a lot of a lot of our our veterans and thank you for your service thank you for, you, you know the mental health issues don't come because of what they did it become it it comes from what they can't talk about you know what I mean? That's really what, and being a chaplain, I see that. When I go in to speak with people, I try to bring, you know, coloring books so they don't think I'm there to just read, you know, the last rites. I want to come with some type of joy. I, it's not, you know, I just came to say hi. It wasn't, uh, but they don't know that when you walk in automatically, they think death. Mm-hmm. And, and so you, you know, I try to bring something to kind of break the ice with them, but just in speaking to them, you know, some of our one October victims, mm-hmm. their mental health is not from what actually took place. It's from what they can't speak about. And so until we all get to a place where where we say I'm going to tell my story one way or the other. I'm willing to to risk being locked up. I'm willing to risk you know 
Michael Cohen type charges. I'm willing to risk whatever it takes to have my mental health restored because I know that I began to, to think what the Bible says. Well, maybe my daughter lost her son because I accidentally killed my uncle. Right. Mm -hmm. Again, I know my word. So, Mm -hmm. so, you know, here comes the enemy, like an angel, like trying to remind me that I took a life. So this is the process of life. And this is, this is because of the sin that I committed. And and God had to remind me Mm -hmm. that it wasn't my son that was lost. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So, so we have to be able to, to rightly, not just divide the word of truth, but be able to stand on it. You've, You've mentioned a couple of things that I could identify with, um, I had a grandchild that lived 19 days, and, you know, we were all coming together at the hospital and having, you know, a prayer right there in the hospital, I mean, prayer meeting, praying over that child, and, um, you know, she lived for 19 days, and and my daughter has not, she hasn't gotten over it. And see, that's been my struggle, Pastor, because I've been like, not... Because she's pregnant again, and she's, you know, but there's, like, outfits in the closet that were trays. She she says Michael will wear them. We don't know. You know, but it's just wanting to be there for her. I received And to that. be able to say, we're not just saying, okay, Trey didn't, you know, but we're saying thank God for Micah now. Mm-hmm. And we're saying that, you know, we'll still honor Trey. We don't, you know, and I don't know how touchy that is or not. I've just been able to pray for her and just really ask God to raise, to continue to raise up her husband and her, you know, her youth leaders, her pastors to surround her because, this is a time when when the pain that I desire to remove is not that of one who is lost. You know, people say, oh, well, I know, and he's in a better place. And he, no, no, my daughter's still here, <laughs> Pastor. You know, my daughter's still here. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, I see the way she looks at other people's young boys that, that would be her son's age at this time. You, mm-hmm. you see what I mean? Other mm-hmm. people's grandchildren or children, mm-hmm. um, you know. You, you said something about when that type of experience happens that there's something you learn okay uh one of the things that 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 I've learned through it because it hurt me to see her hurting and that's why I can identify with what you're saying uh you don't get over it no you learn how to live with it but you don't get over it not that yeah mm-hmm. and and that's the thing and and I can't really get that message across to her but I understand that, you know. So I think sometimes even I don't care how holy you are. There is something that can rock your world and test your faith. And, you know, you were talking about earlier a testimony mm-hmm. is, is dealing with a near-death mm-hmm. experience. But mm-hmm. a testimony is also dealing with a death experience because, you know what? For some experiences, but God, mm-hmm. that's, right. that's the only way we could survive it. Yeah. It's that devastating, Amen. you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm with you. And then, of course, um, my younger son, uh, Jaron, um, he did three tours in Iraq. You know, he has PTSD and, you know, I watched what he goes through. And when he came home, I didn't, even though I knew he had had this challenge i didn't really know how to help him matter of fact i probably did more harm than good because i was trying to tell him he needed to get acclimated to civilian life but i didn't have a clue about what he was going through and like you said the the story what what they haven't been able to tell 
Yes. And, and you know what? And and I, when I talk to him about his experience, there's times when he says, but, Dad, I can't talk about it. Yeah. So. And right it's very the, true, obviously. Yeah. And, and, and I've actually heard, again, being a, a chaplain, that it's federal. That it's a federal offense for people, for veterans and uh, mm-hmm. military area 51 well, different well, people to well, talk e- either about in public you know? service you know i work for the federal government and i was uh, enlisted and an officer and there are certain assignments that you cannot talk about you know you, you just cannot talk about them it's because when you took an oath you know you take an right. oath you know to defend and uphold the constitution against domestic terrorists or foreign terrorists and part of your job description you know when you deal with different classes of security uh, you you understand you know what it is, and uh, it, it's it's unto death. And uh, you know when I went in, it was a volunteer army. I didn't get drafted. You know I understood what it was, and they talk about it you know all the time. You know this, this could be it. Right. So you know you need to make sure you have your affairs in order. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I um, got baptized when I was 21. Now because I wanted to make a statement of faith that I knew who God was, and not only did I know who He was, that I wanted to serve Him. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people say, "Well, you know, why did you wait so late?" Because I have a family that's been doing it their whole lives. They've been servants their whole lives, and it's important that you know that you're doing it and not just because of mama and them. Right. Amen. And, Amen. and, and for me, I just had to be able to step out without anybody around in my family, you know what I mean, or being in a worship environment and everybody getting high, you know what I yeah. mean, <laughs> off, 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 off of the good time. I had to really say, hey, look, you know, do you really understand because there's a real possibility that you're not going to come back the same. You will not come back at all. And, you know, for me, I just said, I've been a servant my whole life. I don't want my living to be in vain. Mm-hmm. Amen. And I needed God to know that I can make the step without anybody and know that this is what I wanted to do. So, uh, you know, the thing is, is just know that you know that you know. And testimonies are important. You know, there are people who are listening to us right now. They will listen to this later because this will be archived. And I wanted, you know, people to hear people like you, you know, Pastor Terry and myself. You know, this is for real. This is not a game. And uh, when you're doing the servant's work, you hear a lot of stuff. There are people who have been uh, broken for generations. And they, I said, why are you melancholy? Why is that? That's how my mom was. That's how my grandmother was. That's how my great-grandmother was. We kind of like have that. You know what I mean? Well, the flip side of that too is like, well, why do you bang? Well, my mama, my daddy, my grandma. You know what I mean? Like it's the neighborhood I'm and from. And when kinda, we say you know, bang, we're college. talking about gang That's banging. That's what I mean, college no, or, no, you know. But I, but I understand <laughs> in case for those who are like bang, what do they mean? Right, I'm like, right. not bang, bang. No, we're talking about gang yeah. banging. Amen. You know Amen. what I mean? I, I want to make sure that, you know, it's the generational. It's generational, you know, or, you know, why do you hustle? Absolutely. You know what I mean? You know, uh, why are you living, you know, a certain type of lifestyle? You know, you know, why are you getting high? Everybody get high. That's just what we do. I mean, I don't understand what the problem is. You know, people are really concerned about, you know, what I do. I don't know why they're concerned about what I do. Why is it important to you what I do? You know, you got a lot of people like, what's up with that? You know what I mean? Why do you care? Yeah, Yeah. for for real. And uh, the thing is, is that, (laughs) 
You know, people are conditioned to some things. Yes. And so, you know, we have to be cognizant of that. But the thing is, is that you got to be sick and tired of being sick and tired. Well, you know, the older I get, the more I'm starting to realize things like if you have a college named after you or, or a, you know, a county in Oklahoma or somewhere, it doesn't matter. I grew up with people who, who, who have been in prison their whole life, literally, whether it was from the neighborhood when we were just kind of growing up playing mm-hmm. rock ball mm-hmm. or being imprisoned mm-hmm. for, you know, less than an ounce of weed, which is now legal. Mm-hmm. Release them, you know, and, and losing their fatherhood, losing their fathers, losing, and it, and it being generational, but then being able to go back and look now and go, well, when I say Dupree, Oklahoma, I can't help but to think about the Duprees I grew up with 40 mm-hmm. years ago or, you know, 30 years ago, whatever. And, and to be able to research that and go, oh, no, that is so-and-so's grandma. Cause I know people's mm-hmm. parents now. When you're growing up, you just know that that's so-and-so. Oh, that's Rachel's mom. You know, that's Taya's mom. I'm, mm-hmm. I never really knew, nobody knew my name was Rachel. Mm-hmm. Whatever school I go to, I'm so-and-so's mom. Mm-hmm. And so I say that saying, now that I'm a grown woman, mm-hmm. I would look at people's kids, say, oh, that's so-and-so's kid or grandkid. So I have a little, I have the ability now to go, okay, well, when, when, when I was growing up, I knew that your mother lived with her mama, grandma. So I know about six, seven generations of people now. And I say that to say we can now be able to combat or counteract that in such a way, you know, grab them before. I say this all the time about church kids. Don't think that because people are leaders in your church that the right, kids are okay. Right, right. You know what I mean? Those are the same kids that are being, tra- you know, trafficked. They're, they're voluntarily looking for anybody that'll love them. And if that means I got to work in a strip club and give you my money, I'm willing because you are not my pimp. You are my baby dad or my fiance or whatever. But they're right there in our churches. And we're just letting them swing, sing on a worship team, praise, dance, do all these things. But they're hurting. They're dying. Amen. And they never, ever, ever get to see the goodness of God because everybody's kind of overlooking the, the rough parts and just wanting them to just perform. And so we have to be ones who, who whether it's in a congregational setting or a, a Walmart. You know what I mean? When you see something, when you see the village beginning to dismantle or children go array, it, we got to step up for each other. Well, the thing is, is we can't be hypocritical. We you can't know, just... So, so let, let, let's keep it 100. Yes, okay, yes. Pastor, just give me one second, and then I'm going to switch it to you. When we look at the Catholic Church, I'm just using that as an example. Mm. And one of the tenets is, is that you do not have sex. Uh-huh. So no fornication, no adultery, no same sex, no heterosexual sex, nothing. So if you are heterosexual and you're having sex, and then you see somebody who's bi-curious, and they're having sex, who's going to stop each other? Who's going to hold each other accountable? So what you have to do is say, we have to save the institution, because we both raggedy is all outdoors. So that's the problem. So the thing is, is that for the church to step up, as you say, we have to start cleaning our own house. You know, even in our own homes. You know, you got people who uh, are, are calling people auntie who are not aunts. And, I, and I'm not saying nothing's wrong with that, but there are children who are very confused about the order of things. Right. And, you know, God has things that's very orderly. There's a one word for wife. There's one <laughs> word for mother. There's uh. one word for father. There's one word for brother. You know what I mean? Talks about grandmother. Talks about sons and daughters. So for us, this me, my personal opinion, until you can learn how to be a daughter or to be a son, you're going to have a problem being a brother or a sister or anything that comes after that. So my whole thing is that you got to go back to the Genesis and understand why family is set up the way that it is. It's because when you're working in this type of society, one of the first things they ask is who is the point of contact? Well, that's what they're say. Who is the responsible person? Yeah. And even when somebody <laughs> passes on to the next, you can't have all these baby mamas, Pastor. And I know disrespect. 
But what role do you recognize? Because everybody is standing up. You understand what I'm saying? Amen. Well, he, he my daddy. He my daddy. You got kids who are fighting on each other, pulling each other apart because their parents have been lackadaisical. You know, the thing is that, you know, there's supposed to be some adults in the room. There's supposed to be some people that have a standard for holiness. God is a holy God. It's a holy Bible. So, Pastor, let me segue to you. Well, you know what, uh, Minister Rachel, you mentioned something about the kids that are in the worship setting and they're performing. You know, somehow we've got to be able to not just access the spirit, but to demonstrate the spirit and to operate in the spirit outside of the designated worship setting. And what I hear you saying is that that's where we drop in the ball because Many of these young people are hurting like a dog, and we are missing it because what we're focusing on is what's happening within the worship setting rather than looking at there's more life outside of that setting. Or even supporting them outside of the setting. Right. Maybe they're dancing at at a school play. Or maybe they're dancing at a hip-hop concert. I don't know, Pastor. You know what I mean? But but being able to still go, even though they're not praise dancing, you see, still supporting the creative dance within them. And and teaching them that that God gave you this gift, it doesn't just have to be exercised within these four walls. And we will support you outside of it. Because a lot of young people don't even get that. It's like, you want me to play the drums for you but when my band has a you know when i got the solo and i play it at my middle school band nobody from the church comes and we we you know the, the, then the kids begin to get the perception of well even if the world is bad for me at least they show up amen you know and we don't and i and i've learned even from being raised in the church that once you start to get that mentality it's hard to go back mm-hmm. because of the fact that then you feel like everybody in the church is a hypocrite because of what you went through growing up right and, right. and also anybody. and also in christian ethics pastor and you you know really really uh, focus on this and that you should is that if we have an alt with one another uh, a disagreement, a misunderstanding, we need to resolve that immediately. Absolutely. Because when we don't resolve it immediately, then it's a problem. Yeah. Then, you know, it's like Absalom. It festers. You know, things are going to actually turn to wrath. See, I have to tell you now, because see, this is what God gave me before I came in, and then you spoke on it again, and you just mentioned Absalom. So it, this that is it. Second Samuel 15, and it said, Now it came about after this, Absalom provided for himself a chariot and horses and 50 <laughs> men and runners before him. Amen. Again, this is second Samuel chapter 15. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm reading out of the new American standard. Okay. So second Samuel chapter 15. And I am now in verse two. It said, Absalom used to rise early and stand beside the way to the gate. And when any man had a suit to come to the king for judgment, it would be Absalom would call to him and say, from what city are you? Mm. And he would say, your servant is from one of the tribes of Israel. Mm -hmm. Then Absalom would say to him, see, your claims are good and right, Mm -hmm. but no man listens to you on the part of the king. Then it says more, this verse four, moreover, Absalom would say, oh, that one would appoint me. Judge in the land that every man who has any suit or cause could come to me and I would give him justice. And when a man came near to prostrate himself before Absalom, again, a man who set himself up in a high place, Mm -hmm. it says he would 
put out his hand and take hold of him and kiss him. And, and again, and, and I don't mean to bring up the Catholic Church, but I would have to just because because of everything that's coming out now Amen. and what has been Amen. ignored for decades Amen. and decades. Amen. So at the end of the day, you have somebody who's appointed himself king, who's now kissing on folks that he shouldn't be because <laughs> he's not supposed to be there anyway. But yet we're not saying anything. We, matter of fact, we, we even want to raise up more judges like Absalom. Mm-hmm. We want his brothers to come. It's also, but, but before Bathsheba goes, you, David, you promised my son. Mm-hmm. You promised me. You know what I mean? That sure. my husband would not die in vain. That our first child would not die in vain. You sure. know? So, so, so again, it takes a mother, if I may, mm-hmm. to go in, just like we were talking about before, somebody who will stand up to you before the father. And she had to go to David and say, I don't care how old you are, how sick you are. You've got to make good on this. Mm-hmm. Because your son is out there. Not only is he parading around like he is the king. He's acting like you're already dead. There's no respect in that. If he doesn't honor you while you're living, do you think he'll honor your legacy mm-hmm. when he's dead? Mm-hmm. It took a mother. It didn't take a harlot. It didn't take somebody who who had a baby out of wedlock and then had her, you know, husband killed on the front line. No, it took a mother who saw the destiny of her son being diminished by somebody who set themselves up. So, again, when I go back to thinking about people who were locked up for weed and different things, that they had a destiny. It was their parents who who obviously had prostrated themselves on some land out in Dupree or McAllister, Oklahoma, wherever it might be, in Smithville, Smith Ridge, Stevensville. There's a Steve. Even Smith somewhere in a prison, I promise you, and he should have been, you know, the descendant of Smithsville. Those type of things are Stevensville. And, and, and we look at these things now and it's kind of like, oh, well, it's so many years later. No, but the point is now they have records. Now that, now they're, they're, a lot of the men, their men has, they've been disgraced. I mean, it's so hard when you come back out to get acclimated back into life when you've been locked up for 10, 15, 20 years and you come out and everything has changed. People have changed. You don't feel safe because you don't even know if you should smoke some weed because last time you went to prison for weed, you know what I mean? It was supposed to be a year and a half. You ended up doing 10 because they tried to rape you. You killed somebody. <laughs> you know, it gets out of hand and you done spent half your life in prison now on something that is now legal. And our babies are coming, and I say our babies, but our friends, our brothers, our sisters, our kin, our partners that we grew up with mm-hmm. are coming out. And they're going, I'm better off in. Mm-hmm. I'm better off in. I feel safe. I feel like I have more of a neighborhood inside the prison than I do in my community. Well, well the, th- the thing is, is they operate on a truth. So they know what's Amen. going to happen. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, when you deal with the Ku Klux Klan, uh, hypothetically speaking, I know what they expect from the Klan. They don't like nobody. So, you know, it's not hard to, to, to understand their doctrine. I don't agree with it. But the thing is, is that there has to be a standard for truth. Amen. And the thing is, is that if we are going to be hypocritical in our delivery, then our children, you know, they, they don't have a chance. So we have to call that thing out. That's what a testimony is about. Amen. It's about <laughs> admitting that, you know, you were were wrong and that had it not been for God, you know what I mean? And that you deserved whatever it was that you had received, if not more. But you know what? I came to the conclusion of the matter, just like uh, Solomon did in Ecclesiastes. You know what I mean? What does it benefit a man, you know, to, to gain the whole world and lose his soul? What is the benefit? And so that's what it comes down to. You know, so we have to be able to to say that to our kids. We got to be able to show up no matter how that looks. You know, it's wrong to do certain things. Well, you do it. Well, I'm wrong. 
Right. It doesn't make it right. I'm wrong. I'm wrong all outdoors. Look what it's cost me. You don't have to do that. And I think it's important. You know, and uh, the thing is the whisper campaign. And if you don't tell your kids the truth, somebody else is going to tell them. Right. And then it gets to the point where you waited too late. Because they would have <laughs> loved you anyway. You understand? Yeah. I, I don't know kids who, do, who don't love, you know, parents. And parents are not perfect. They just want the parent. Right. And my mother, so my mother was a drug addict growing up. And people, and I would always just be like, I'm an only child. So I, I just want my mom. Nobody could understand that. Like, I didn't even understand it, right? This is a place where who knows what, when. But now that my mom has been saved, set free, sanctified, healed, and delivered. What's we up, mom? My mom, yes. What's up, mom? Hi, mom. Love you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, because, because God has done a new thing. But Amen. even then, you know, being addicted to crack cocaine, I wanted my mom. And that meant, that, and even if, it, I, you don't have to understand I want my mom. And so I know when I became a drug addict, I, I would cry myself to sleep knowing that my kids were saying to my aunties or my mom, whoever they were with at the time, I want my mom. I, just I have, want my mom to come to my graduation or to my yeah. kindergarten band or what? Well, I know that they were. But then my excuse for getting high, right, because if you want to get high, you will find an excuse. Mm-hmm. And then it became, oh, I know my kids want me. Well, okay, so how about we do this? How about you go where your kids are? <laughs> and start there because I know if I would have went there, they would have made my aunties and whoever had them would have made me do the right thing. You can't just come here doing anything. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't ready to stop doing my anything enough yet for my children. And I probably never would have been, to be honest, because they drive me crazy and they make me want to get high, at, you know, in that mentality when I first got saved. And now I've been clean, sober, set free for over 20 years. And God knows. God. Yes. And I'm, I'm a grateful woman. But I know that in the midst of that, in that moment, I didn't think I'd ever come out. You know, the conscious of living with taking the life of my uncle and even having to adjust to seeing his six children and knowing that they still loved me and, and my grandma, you know, that was her only son. And here my aunties are raising my children who now I'm out of jail. I should definitely be at least attempting to do something. Mm-hmm. But the pain of living with the fact that these people love me and I hate myself was it was greater than anybody could have told me about God. But you know what? When I went to the car wash to pick up 400 ecstasy pills and they began to speak about God, it something in me clicked. Because the only thing on my agenda was death. Mm. And I was going to die one of two ways. I was going to pick them 400 ecstasy pills up and die. Or I was finally going to go, you know what, God, I know that you were the one who set me free from prison. And I know that I ran from you. But I thank God that I see you at this car watch. Amen. Because Amen. it's not like you ran from me. You know, I was going to pick a pill. I didn't have no out but death. But God, but God, but God, but God. Amen. And when he met me there at that car wash on a wrong turn, on the wrong place, I wasn't from here. I'm from Reno, you know. So, But long story short, I knew it wasn't God that ran from me. I ran from God. Amen. And that becomes your testimony. So Amen. when you see people running from God, I recognize it. Amen. Because I've been there. It takes one to know what my grandma that. said. That's Amen. right. So, right, you know. Right. And, you know, the thing is, you know, in reference to growing up with two brothers that, that were addicts, they were, they were, they had a disease. I didn't know that as a child because that's not what we were taught. Right. That they had a behavior issue. They were rebels. You know what I mean? They, they, they were doing something else. You know what I mean? So I was like. To my mom and the family members, why do you reward, you know, bad behavior? And, uh, no, my mother said, I'm with the child that needs me the most at the time. Amen. So as a, as a woman and as a mother and as a grandmother, I respect that and I understand that. And I love you, mother, because she never yes, changed what her response was. Amen. And so subsequently it taught me to intercess as a young child. And I would just pray one prayer. God, I want my brothers back. Hmm. That was it. Amen. I didn't change it. 
I, I prayed that prayer and uh, one is with him. Uh, sleeping with him and the other one you know he totally restored him you know (laughs) what i mean so uh god answers prayers yes he does and so that's my testimony that if you continue to pray and you continue to believe and uh you fight for who they are oh they're going to show up and i take my testimony is as long as you don't kill yourself (laughs) god will show up because you know even saul took himself out in the end he 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 killed him you know he committed suicide at the end right right but he he wanted somebody else to do it right right and the servant said oh no you know what i got my own problems he knew he knew what he was in for it was over yeah they they were coming you know what (laughs) the thing is is that he he thought that he didn't give god a chance to show up that's right and some sometimes we don't give god a chance to show up because we on some other time amen amen so you know pastor we're down to the last three minutes we've been talking about testimony that has been our subject today is testimony so i'd like to hear some words of wisdom man of god you know if you're listening to this show and you haven't quite been keeping up with all of the various things that we have covered it's been some really emotional stuff going on here (laughs) i mean you know i mean i I found myself right there too. Mm-hmm. But if you listening and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord, Master, and Savior, you need to pray a prayer. And I'm going to pray this prayer quickly. And then you need to find you a church that teaches and preaches the Word of God and be baptized and become a participating member of the body of Christ. So pray with me if you're listening. Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, but I don't want to be. Right now, I confess with my mouth that you're Lord. I believe in my heart you rose from the dead. Come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my master. Most of all, be my Savior. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Thank God. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, you are now a part of God's family. Welcome to the family, brother (laughs) or sister. We, we, we'll see you out in the field because if you're going to be rocking with us, you got to get out in the field. Yes. Amen. Because that's Amen. where we are. You know, we're kingdom warriors. We're missionaries out here. You know, we, we like it on the front line. Amen. You know, because uh, we don't believe the devil or his imps or his simps got any power over us. We've been brought you're back up. from the dead. I wish they would. <laughs> I get up early for them. You understand? Amen. God knows. So, you know, we love you. You know, save the loss at all costs. We know that uh, Christmas is upon us on Tuesday. Uh, We're grateful to the birth of our Savior. We love you and come back next week. God God bless. bless. Bye-bye. It is our humble prayer that the Most High God of all creation and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ continues to bless you and yours without cease for tuning in today and supporting this great move of God with your generous donations. Save the Lost at All Costs is a Holy Spirit filled, live called in weekly radio ministry that has been airing since 2005 and serving in the greater Las Vegas community. We can be heard every Sunday at 3.02 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on Las Vegas his very own Christian talk radio stations, 1060 AM and 100.1 FM. 
Also, you can listen to KKVV Christian Talk Radio anytime via your cell phone. Please dial 605-313-0630. Again, that number is 605-313-0630. That number only works in the United States. Also, we are audio and video streamed in real time during our live broadcast at www.kkvv.com and our website, www.savethelostlv.org. If you would like to re-listen to a previous broadcast at no charge, make an online secure donation, or learn more about our ministry, please visit our website at www.savethelostlv.org. If you prefer, you can mail in a donation. Address it to Save the Lost at All Cost, Inc., P.O. Box number 3358-52, North Las Vegas, 89033. Again, our P.O. Box number is 3358-52, North Las Vegas, 89033. All donations made to Save the Lost at All Cost, Inc. are 100% tax deductible. For more information, please feel free to call or text us at 702-219-6882. Again, 702-219-6882. We would like to thank you again. Remember to remain in Christ, stay prayed up, tune in, and don't forget to save the lost at all costs, no matter what.